Hey, 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 it's episode one of the Not So Bon Voyage podcast. On today's episode, secret trips to Bali, stolen credit cards, and getting stuck in an airport. Strap yourself in, shit's about to go wrong. Let's go. And then the train got lost. How does the train get lost when it's on rails? I just want to get out there, in the wild. Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean, adventure, it's calling. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been excellent. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Not So Bombayage podcast, where shit goes wrong on the road. Yes, I am Christine. And I am Jules, and we are your co-hosts. And this is episode one. Thank you for joining our journey, our voyage, and we can't wait to have you come along with us more. (laughs) Yeah, episode one. So if you want to learn a little intro to the podcast, a little intro to us, Go back in time to episode 00, uh, where we'll be giving more of a detailed description about what we're going to be talking about on this podcast and who we are. That's right. But as a very, very quick recap, we are Jules and Christine, professional travelers and travel bloggers who've been doing this for over 10 years, and we have a hell of a lot of stories about where shit has gone wrong on the road. Yes, so we literally. Are- Literally <laughs> figuratively. and figuratively. So we can't wait to tell you about that, to share our stories, to share famous stories, to share myths, legends, and all those kinds of crazy lore. lore, all those crazy travel stories that you hear around a campfire or maybe at a hostel. And we also want to share your stories, listeners, our voyages as you come with us on this journey. Yes, we would love to share your stories. Absolutely. And uh, we're just going to jump in by telling you a couple of our first not-so-bon voyages because we're in Seattle and we almost didn't get here. Yes, we drove in our van, our beautiful little van, to uh, from San Francisco to Seattle. And while we were driving up, we were driving through San Francisco. If anybody's ever driven through San Francisco, it is hella traffic and crazy. And Jules was driving and all of a sudden we see a dog run across the road, an extremely busy road. So he read a red light. He jumps out. I'm like in the passenger seat. Like, what (laughs) am I supposed to do? So I get in the driver's seat. Not all superheroes wear capes. Yeah. Jules loves to be a hero. Yeah. Uh, The dog's running. He's chasing it. This other lady's chasing it. It is madness. And Jules ended up saving the dog. Oh, wait. No, he didn't. No, I didn't. (laughs) Well, I mean, I tried my hardest. I was sweating profusely. I was running up and down the streets trying to corral this dog uh, into the owner, which apparently wasn't the owner as it is. Um, but I didn't have any luck, but I did try. And then I ended up losing Christine because I, in my mad flurry to be a hero, I jumped out of the car and didn't take my phone. And I was running around the streets and Christine had to drive off once the light turned green and I couldn't find her for about half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I, I tried to turn around, but you can't turn left anywhere in San Francisco. So <laughs> I had to do a big loop-de-loop and it was madness. It was madness. I ended up having to uh, find a guy on the street who was a removalist and ask him to borrow his phone and to call Christine, in which he didn't answer. <laughs> of course not. I never answer my phone. But uh, Text me, homie. <laughs> text me, yeah. I'll shoot you a Snapchat. Yeah. Uh, but I eventually found her. So we got back in the van. Uh, we had uh, straight away almost some issues again with the brakes, which almost left us stranded at Salcedo. But we persevered, and we are now in Seattle, where we're broadcasting live for the very first time for the Not So Bon Voyage podcast. So thanks for joining us. Uh, mm-hmm. We are going to jump straight into it because that's what this show is all about—just getting straight into the nitty gritty. So how this show is going to work? Christine and I have both researched two famous, or maybe not so famous, but at least some travel stories uh, where something has gone wrong. 
that's the Real whole premise wrong. of this. Um, and so I have researched the story. Christine does not know my story. And you do not know my story. And so we are going to be telling each other the story for the first time. So you're going to hear our reactions, our comments, our, <gasps> oh, my God. Live, no, and we think that this will be a really fun way just to uh, share the stories with you as well for the very first time, and you hear our live reactions. So we're going to swap it up. I got a feeling that Christine should go first this time because it's ladies first, and I'm a gentleman. Yeah. Well, did we want to talk about any topical travel things first, or do we want to just get straight to the stories? I think that we should just. I have a topical travel thing. Oh, do you? (laughs) I was like, I don't. It's actually related to my story, so I could save it for the end, but. Um, I can save it now. No, say it now. I actually didn't have anything prepared. So, <laughs> uh, well, this is just something. I mean, there's so many. Like, literally, stuff happens all the time, travel related, with shit going down. Recently, there was that woman. I don't know if she was from Austria, but she tried to hike to the van oh. from Into the Wild, um, and she died. Um, okay, she, Christine does have. A- <laughs> I have a nervous laughter. In case this is not edited out because we decide to go for it, Christine is very sympathetic. She also just has a nervous laughter where yeah. she gets the giggles in some very uh, awkward situations sometimes, yeah. such as the time that you laughed. Uh, <laughs> well, no, you're is, laughing. Well, no, I'm going, this is not as bad. This is the time where the guy told us in Nicaragua that he had tinnitus. Tinnitus. And he, tinnitus, and he couldn't hear out of his ears, and Christine just looked at him and started laughing. Um, I mean, was it was. So I felt really uncomfortable because he was telling us about how he has this constant ringing in his ears because he fell asleep with his headphones in one time, and I got nervous and started laughing at into his face. It was terrible. It was so awkward. Yeah. Okay. So this may or may not make the uh, the cut, but I have another topical thing that is unrelated. <laughs> Sorry. Well, are we going to talk about the woman who who perished? Yes. Okay, so basically, if you don't know the story of Into the Wild, um, there's a book and a movie. This young man goes out into the wild and tries to survive in the wilderness. He ends up living in this bus for like 180 days or something. Yeah, he makes it to the uh, the wilderness in Alaska, and that's his end goal. And he actually ends up, unfortunately, perishing there. Uh, Alexander Supertramp was his name. Well, that was his name on the road. I think his name was Chris McCandless. Yeah. And he apparently starved to death, so he was a little bit ill-prepared. So it's not a great story, but his story is a story of voyaging and bucking and getting into the wild. So it has become kind of like a rite of passage, a kind of kind of idealized, idolized sort of. Yeah, I would say we'll probably end up doing it on this podcast. I think so. Definitely. Good thing that wasn't my story today. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and so every year and people make a little bit of a pay homage to him and make the trek out there to the bus and there are there are dozens of people who've who've had to be searched and rescued and evacuated from the place over the years and unfortunately a few people have also died uh, during the trek and so this this woman from Austria I think she was 24 the same age as he was Mm. Uh, she drowned trying to cross the river and so yeah it's an interesting topic because it's raised a lot of debate about whether that bus should still be there or not um, and whether it's a, a danger to people trying to make their way out there because it is in a really remote place. Mm-hmm. So it does pose a little bit of a danger to people making the trek out there. 
Yeah, well, it kind of makes me think about, you know, people are saying, you know, on Instagram, people are posting photos in dangerous locations. And is that encouraging other people to go there and take selfies and, you know, people are dying or getting injured? And I think it's just like take personal responsibility, you know, like if you want to go out there, you know, it's on you whether you can, whether you want to take that responsibility. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, it's terrible that people are losing their life. But at the end of the day, like it's on you, man, especially when it's it's an adventure. If it's something that happens to you and it's, it's senseless or you get involved in something, then that's obviously terrible. But if you're going out there and making the trek, I mean, you just need to be prepared for it. Like mm-hmm. you're going out to the middle of nowhere in Alaska. Yeah. It's unfortunate. But yeah. it does raise an interesting topic and probably one that we will go back at some stage Mm-hmm. Um, and look at and do have we have another story you've got another story <laughs> another topical story this one's pretty interesting I'll keep this quick but I'm in a Facebook group called girls love travel and this post was shared where this um, woman from Oregon uh, was looking for her daughter who had gone backpacking through Southeast Asia and the daughter's boyfriend and they were supposed to board the plane in Kuala Lumpur and come back to Oregon and she hadn't heard from her daughter in a few days and she found out that they never boarded the plane um so people were you know sharing this Facebook post trying to figure out where this girl was and apparently she was being detained with her boyfriend actually they're still being detained in the KL airport um and I guess that the couple has a phone. They're like 18 years old or something. They have a phone with them. And the girl was posting on Instagram saying, we're detained. We're at the airport. Like, please call the embassy. Why um, were they detained? Uh, apparently, they had taken a bus, I think, from Thailand to Malaysia and didn't get their passport stamped. Because, you know, sometimes you're on those bus mm-hmm. tourist buses and they don't do it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they didn't have... So when they were leaving, Malaysian government was like, you don't have your passport stamped. So they detained them for... I don't... I think they've been detained for a few days now. And she was like... Send, she posted photos on her Instagram of like the cell and stuff. And people in this Facebook group were going nuts. Because um, on Instagram she said, "Call the embassy," and so everybody was calling the embassy. Or send them an Instagram picture. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like you know, social media. Like it changes everything. It, you know, it definitely does. I mean, I'm surprised she even was allowed to keep her phone on her. I think maybe she they didn't know she had it on her. That she must put, have been the only way. She put up her bum. Yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> um, so I it's mean, just way- it spread like wildfire on social media. It was crazy. You'd be really spewing if you had to like smuggle a phone up your bum in this era. Like, you know, back when yeah, the, right. like, you know, flip phones, that would have made it difficult. And then phones got really, it got really trendy oh for God. phones to get small. Yeah, like, like no- a razor. Like the, or the Nokia 8210. That thing was tiny. Like that would be easy to be like, yep, sweet. But you also couldn't go be on Instagram. But these days, man, you got like a you got an iPhone eight plus. Oof, yeah, you're really committing. Oh my god, that you're really committing. Huge. You're really committing to that. Yeah, that would be a struggle. But I mean, if you got to do it, you got to do it. You got to do what you got to do. You got anything for the gram. Yeah. So anyway, we are sending our best wishes to that couple that is in the airport now, and hopefully they will get out very soon. Yeah, and also sending our condolences to the family. Um, who lost the hiker who made the the journey out to try and pay homage to Chris McCandless out in Alaska. Yes. And on that note, let's jump into some stories that are possibly more lighthearted. I'm not really sure because I don't know what Christine's going to... Mine's a mix. 
Yours is a mixture. Uh, mine's a funny one. Okay. Do you want to do yours first? I could go first. Okay. Let's lighten this mood let's lighten up this a little, little bit. bit. Uh-huh. Lighten this mofo up. Okay. So mine is a story that I've been wanting to tell you about for a long time. And I thought, no, I'm going to save it for the very first Ooh, episode of this wow. podcast. I'm love going to it. save it for the fellow voyagers who are going to love this story. It involves two things that I love and you love, Australia <laughs> and Bali. Okay. And you might have heard about this story already because it did make the traps, but there's not a lot of information about it, but it's still a very funny story. Okay. So my story is called Bali Boy. Bali Boy. Bali Boy. And his name, his full name wasn't disclosed, but people are calling him Drew. So I'm just going to call him Drew for the sake of this story. Okay. Now, Drew is your average kid. Well, actually, I'm going to be honest. I don't know anything about Drew, but I'm making it up. He seems like your average kid. He's 12 years old. He's from Sydney. He likes to cruise around on his Razor scooter. He also doesn't like being told no. So when he, so when he tells, he like all teenagers, isn't that what all teenagers? All 12-year-olds. All 12-year-olds. So when he asks his mum that he wants to go on a holiday, his mum says to him, no. So what does Drew do? Well, Drew doesn't say no for an answer. Drew steals his mum's credit card, convinces his grandma to give him his passport, books himself, so he's 12 years old, and then I guess there's some airlines in Australia that allow you to fly unaccompanied if you're 12 years old. Anyway, he does the research. He finds out who is going to let him fly. He books himself a flight to Bali on his mum's credit card, gets his passport off his mum. He rides his Razor scooter to the train station. No. He takes a train to to, uh, Sydney airport. He boards a flight from Sydney to Perth, changes flights, gets on a flight from Perth to Indonesia, and ends up in Bali. Oh, my God. That kid is very resourceful. It's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. So he actually had a really great quote. It was called, it was great because I wanted to go on an adventure. Oh, I love that. (laughs) And then, so he lands in Bali. So he's in Denbasar. So you've been to Bali before, you know, if you, if you haven't been to Bali before, it's a very, the airport is very overwhelming. It's hot. You know, you step off the plane, it's hot, it's humid. You've got people shouting you for a taxi. This little G, he ends up uh, navigating himself to an all seasons hotel. He books himself in and he tells them that he's waiting for his sister. So he checks into a hotel. So he's home alone. So he's Kevin McAllister. (laughs) Exactly. So he's the Balinese version of Kevin McAllister. So it's like home alone, lost in Bali. (laughs) So he goes to the All Seasons and that's there's not too much more about his story, but he does end up, uh, so he leaves on March 8th and he doesn't get recovered in Bali from his parents until March 17th. What? So I think it they- It took them nine days to get go get him? Yeah, I think he disappeared. <laughs> wow. He is Kevin McAllister. Yeah. So he ends up in Bali. Uh, now, if you have been to Bali as well- you will know that the Bali, the Balinese laws are probably not the most stringent. They're a bit more relaxed. Mm. So I can just imagine this kid showing up. I'm, I guess he probably didn't have his Razor scooter when he showed up to Bali. That would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. But he shows up to Bali, makes his way to this hotel, and he checks in. And I can just imagine the Balinese staff going, oh, you're waiting for your sister? Yeah, no worries. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's things are pretty lax there. They're pretty chill. And so his mum, I guess they found out they tracked the credit cards or anything. Terrible for the parents. Yeah, very stressful. Very stressful for the parents. So imagine like their kid, he tells them he's going to school. He takes off with his backpack. Naughty. And he rides his razor to the train station, gets on a plane and takes off. And so the mum says she's shocked, disgusted. There's no emotion to feel what we felt when we found he left overseas, which is fair enough. Terrifying. Terrifying thing for a mother. 
but kind of a hilarious story. So funny. And one I really wanted to kick off because I thought it was just... It's adorable. Just, yeah, there's not a lot of information about it. And the kid, because he's underage, I don't think they released his identity or anything. But I just have these visions of this 12-year-old kid. Having been a full-grown adult in Bali, it's kind of like an adult's playground. Mm-hmm. You can kind of do anything, <laughs> go anywhere. It's kind of like a lack of rules almost. And I'm just imagining this 12-year-old. I mean, he would be able to walk into a bar and get a beer probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he's like, he rolls up and he's like, can I hire a scooter? And they'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. Oh my God, can you imagine? He'd probably drive better than a lot of people there though. Yeah. A lot of the Aussie tourists. So that is my story to kick it off. And I thought that was a funny one because he's Drew and he's kicking it in Bali. That I kind of just commend his sense of adventure and his commitment to travel. You know, it's what pretty would you inspiring. Do, what would you do if that was our kid? Oh, I would murder him. But, yeah. but like, if I mean, it's not my ha- kid, I think it's cool. Kids. We don't have kids. <laughs> but it, that's impressive. I mean, like, he's still your credit card. And he, you know, you told him no. So he's a little punk. But it's pretty impressive. He, that kid's going to grow up to be a, a real traveler. Yeah. He's going to, or he's going to grow up to be a degenerate. Or he's going to be in jail. Or he's going to be in jail. Either one. For credit card fraud. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or that's he, definitely credit card fraud. Yeah. Or he's going to end up, you know, heading back to Bali and getting himself in trouble. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. I mean, I guess he just kicked it on the beach, probably. That's yeah. what I would do. What else are you going to do? Yeah. Eat nazi goring, chill out. Get a what, massage. Is it the Four Seasons or the All Seasons? It is the All Seasons Hotel. What is that? I've never heard of that. How many seasons do they have? Probably four, at least. <laughs> okay. You know, I never thought of the Four Seasons as being like Four Seasons. You've never thought about that? Yeah, I guess I just thought of it as a name, not not so much as the fact that there's seasons and there's four of them. Well, apparently these people have an extra season that we don't know about because it's all seasons. That's it. That must be just like a knockoff version. The Balinese version of Four Seasons. Yeah, because the Four Seasons is really nice. That's super fancy. That'd be really expensive. Well, you must have found something low-key that didn't make like a really big uh, charge on the credit card. Yeah. What's he uh, doing with the credit card then? Just kicking it like... He must have had cash. Yeah. He, he, I can just imagine this kid like taking his little piggy bank and Aww. smashing it open. What do you, you keep thinking this kid's like a, a gym? He's probably it's a cute. Little, he's probably a rat bag. It's cute. He takes his piggy mm. bank, he smashes it, convinces his poor old grandma to give him his passport and yeah. then takes off and leaves his family, gives him an absolute fright. Oh my God. They, they would be so stressed out. Can you imagine? Yeah. In Bali. And he comes back and he's got a tattoo of the I Southern thought, Cross on his, yeah, back, on his shoulder. Yeah, probably. And he's been renting a motorbike. Yeah. He just comes back, the typical drunk Aussie tourist. He's got a mullet. He's, yeah. got, he's got himself a bit. I can just imagine when the when his parents, so his parents fly to Bali to pick him up. And with the help of the Indonesian authorities, they find him. And I guess that they eventually track him down. Um, and I can just imagine his mum rolling in and like seeing him. And he's just sitting in a bar. He's got a bintang singlet on. He's yes. got a mullet and he's got a fresh tattoo wrapped with uh, glad wrap, cling wrap around his arm. Yeah. And he's got a beer watching the football with all the other bogans. Yeah. And he's got a motorbike wound. <laughs> yeah. Bandage. Yeah. And, uh, and that's basically how you get your uh, strain stamp. Yeah. That is hilarious. I'm surprised they let him on the plane, though. I thought they weren't supposed to let kids that young fly alone internationally. Well, I think the th- what he did is he researched, he researched the plane and f- worked out what one he could fly at. 12 unaccompanied. He I say flew that the word? plane? That would be impressive. That would be impressive. No, he probably still got to go up. He's so young, he probably got to go up and see the pilot. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can do that these days, can you? Probably not. I mean, post 9 11. 9 11, you know. Um, that kind of reminds me of very loosely of that um, Catch Me If You Can, that Leonardo DiCaprio movie. That would yeah. be a good story. 
Um, that's a real story. Yeah, that is a real story. That would be a good story. Yeah, that, yeah. Okay, dibs, stay tuned. Dibs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually don't know. I, it was a good movie. I don't really remember the story, so... Oh, good. I look forward to you telling me. Erase it from your memory. Uh, that's hilarious. Good story. I like that. Yeah, so I just thought I'd start it with a bit of a lighthearted one and something a little shorter, just to give our voyagers a little bit of a sneak peek on how we're going to do this. Is it bad that mine is long and more serious? <laughs> uh, no, we can talk serious. But it's we're not super t- serious. There's a mi- it's a mix. I mean, we we want to feel sorry and sympathetic to these people, but we also want to have a little bit of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Okay. Okay. So, should I go? Okay. Number okay. two. So, my story is the story of a man named Hassan Al-Kantar. And he was stuck in the Kuala Lumpur airport for more than seven months last year. Okay. Are you doing a Kuala Lumpur airport special? Yeah. that's it. Well, that's what, what, why it was associated. And okay. I actually have another story, but it's a very tiny story that also is related to the Kuala Lumpur airport. I mean, it's a huge airport. And we just want to tell our voyagers out there that this is not this episode is not sponsored by the Kuala Lumpur K-L-I-A. Airport. Well, obviously not if we're talking about people being detained. We're talking shit about them. I mean, it's an interesting airport. It's like a mall, shopping center. It's crazy in there. It's so big that they have a second one. They have two. Clear two. Oh, yeah, clear two. Kuala Lumpur International Airport 1 and 2. It is very big. I don't big. know if this is one or two, but... Whatever. Whatever. It's still the airport. Yeah, it's still the airport. So this happened last year. He was stuck at the um, at the airport for seven months. This is 2018. In the airport, yes. So this is not the sto- the terminal Which movie. Is, so he's not Tom Hanks. Which he's not Tom Hanks. That guy, but I did look that up because I was like, oh, that's so similar. That guy was in the airport for 18 years. That's not true. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think it was. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll be another one we can that'll, look up. Yeah, that'll be one we can look up. But okay, so seven months. Obviously, I'm not um, detracting from what this guy went through, but 18 seven years is crazy. The, seven months in airport is still seven months in airport. Oh my, well, t- okay. Well, so you would think, you know, the Kuala Lumpur airport, they have tons of food, shopping, da-da-da. Like, God, it wouldn't you imagine be terrible. How, can you imagine how repetitive that food would get? How many okay, times so- can you eat Panda Express in <laughs> Subway? I mean, this is worse. So he is stuck in the arrival section. I don't know if it's in Clea 1 or 2, but there's no food. There's no restaurants. There's no shops. There's nothing like that. So he's basically stuck. So the background is um, he left. He's Syrian. He's from Syria. He left Syria. He was living in the UAE. Tough time to be Syrian traveling. I mean, from any of those countries, you're from Syria. You're going to have a hard time traveling. For sure. So he was living in the UAE, United Arab Emirates, um, in 2006, and then he didn't get his work permit renewed, so he did not want to go back to Syria because otherwise he would be forced to join the military, and he was morally opposed to the war. This is, you know, 2011, Arab Spring, Civil War. Yeah, it's, it's, this guy's incredible. His story is amazing. Um, so he had to leave the UAE. He went to Malaysia on a temporary visa, and then that ran out. So he was trying to enter Cambodia. They wouldn't take him, so he had to go back to Malaysia. Um, And he... Hold on one second. Okay. He booked a flight to Ecuador um, because you don't need a visa there as a Syrian citizen. But That's like... uh, They seem to take everyone. Isn't that where Julian Assange was trying to go to? That's where he, he was at the Ecuadorian embassy, right? Uh, yes, yes, in, in London. 
Yeah. He was trying to get asylum. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. think that worked out very well, though. No, I mean, where is he now? He's in jail, right? I'm pretty sure they, they kicked him out. That's another story. That's another story. Story for another time. So he was in KL. He tried to board his flight to Ecuador. And for some reason, Turkish Airlines canceled his flight and did not give him a refund or a reason. Um, so he was stuck at the airport. Ooh. Tried to go to Cambodia. They sent him back. So he couldn't get into Malaysia because he didn't have a visa. Um, and he couldn't leave, so he was just stuck at the arrivals section, okay? Um, so he tried to contact some international groups, embassies, da-da-da. They couldn't really help him, so he started making these videos and posting them on Twitter. Um, See, social media again. Kuala right? Airport it's and social totally media. It's a totally different world now that we have social media. I mean, what would you have done in the past? You would just basically be screwed. Well, also, he had Wi-Fi, I'm assuming. So, you know, at least he could, like, watch TV shows you and imagine, movies. Can and you that. imagine how many email addresses he would have had to create? Because, you know, like, you sign yes. up and you get, like, the two free hours or something like yes. that. I mean, he would have just been like, Hassan 1, Hassan 2, <laughs> yeah. Hassan 3. <laughs> Hassan's still here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it would be like that office meme where Dwight is wearing all the wigs and impersonating everybody from the office. It's a great, that's a great meme. Um, so... Yeah, so if you want a daily dose of inspiration, you should check out his videos on Twitter because they are amazing. Um, so Is he funny? He is pretty funny. So he definitely manages to find humor in a situation. So he shows himself like exercising like in How the airport. Um, so the logistics are he showers in a disabled bathroom, or I guess there was a shower. Mm-hmm. Um, he slept under stairwells. Because it, was, it wasn't like a nice arrival. It was just arrivals, you know, before immigration. Mm. So there was nothing there. Must have been Clea, too. It was probably the smaller one. That would be the no, worst place to be. No restaurants. So basically he had to get the airport staff to give him food, like leftover airplane food, or sometimes they would give him McDonald's. Oh, geez, wouldn't that be fun? Not only oh. are you eating airport food, you're, let, you're eating that shit that's leftover, cold. Leftover airplane food Ugh. for seven months. That actually sounds... He sounds like he's in purgatory. Yeah, it pr- pretty much is. I mean, it basically stripped him of his humanity. Mm. Was a, you know. Um, good on him for having a laugh, though. Oh, my God. So inspiring. These videos are so good. I actually really can't wait to check these out. He's really sweet. We'll put a, we'll put a link like to him 36. in the show notes. We'll put um, a link to him in the show notes. Definitely. Now, now. well, I don't want to give away the ending. but um, So he has these videos. He shows himself exercising. He's using like the moving walkway as a treadmill. Um, That's hilarious. It's really funny. Like walking against it? Yeah. Okay, amazing. Um, really clever, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Does it, it, let me guess. So to cut you off, is he bringing out the Hassan Airport workout videos, volume one? He really should. He seriously should. He definitely should. If he isn't, I mean, that's. I think that's an idea we should jump call on. Call us, Hassan. Hassan, can call make us. that happen for you. Let's collaborate. Let's make uh, Airport Fitness, volume one. Airport Fitness. I love it. Um, <laughs> uh, he does the Kiki Challenge, which you may remember... Is the Drake song? Does he do it on a? Um, do you love me? Does he do it on a treadmill? Luggage. He does it on the luggage uh, pusher cart. I mean, what are they going to do? Oh, I thought you were going to say they. He does it on the luggage. Um, the belt. Oh, the carousel. I was say, what are they going to do? Kick him out? Yeah, no. <laughs> He's no. like, thank you. <laughs> um, he does it on a luggage cart pusher. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's pretty funny. So this guy's really staying topical. He is very topical. Uh, I mean, you gotta you gotta do it if you want to stay sane. You know. 
Um, he posts a photo of an Air Asia plane that literally says on the side of the plane, now everyone can fly. And he posts a photo of it and he's like, seriously, like this is the greatest <laughs> irony. And he's like, you just need to add two words. Like now everyone can fly except Hassan. Um, so he just stays positive. He writes a letter to um, George R.R. R. Martin about Game of Thrones. Uh, he applies for a job with NASA uh, like writes them a, an application to go to Mars because he's like, well, I can't leave this airport. I might as well leave this Earth and go, you know, explore the next frontier. Um, Jeez, he's really killing it, this guy. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, and he just talks about like daily life. Like at one point, he posts a photo 122 days into his time seven at the months. airport. Is so that seven, seven months? No, no, no. Oh, seven months total, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's 122 like four, that's like days. Four, four months. Okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like yeah, four, four months. months. That was the easy so it's math, past, actually. It's past halfway. Yeah. Um, he, oh, he posts about um, a cleaning woman opening a door to the outside to clean, like, this balcony or something. I'm free. And he's like, this is the first time in 122 days I've smelled, like, fresh air. Man, wouldn't you get depressed from, like, no yeah. sun, like, vit- lack of vitamin D? There were windows, but, mm. yeah, I mean, you would. It honestly sounds like a prison. Yes. It's probably prison food's probably better. I mean, Probably. honestly, I don't know if you'd find anything worse than cold, like, what, secondhand food? I don't even know. Like, leftovers. Yeah, I mean, he did some of the staff, apparently, like, the AirAsia staff was helping him out, and he also had the airport staff. Um, like, he couldn't speak Malaysian, so he couldn't communicate with them, really. But he went on his phone and took pictures of McDonald's meals and Starbucks food and WhatsApped them was to the... Was he putting in requests? Yeah, he WhatsApped, messaged them to the airport staff, and they went to McDonald's on the other side and brought it back for him. Did he have money? Um, he must have had no, money. No, I, I don't think so. Well, people did raise money for him in the end, but I don't think he had much. And um, apparently he would, like, order a meal for McDonald's pretty regularly. What if they sent? What if they got the order wrong? What would well, he do? Well, apparently he, they kept bringing back his Pepsi, and they never gave him a straw. They only gave him... Um, one of those coffee stirrers. And he was like, why won't you give me a straw? And then finally he was like, today is a great day. I got my straw. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's worse, there's worse things. No, that I know, like. for sure. <laughs> but still like little things, like I can drink out of a straw, you know? I mean, he should have, he had a great opportunity to actually start the no straw revolution. That's so true. I mean, maybe they were just trying to be eco. Mm. I don't know. By giving a plastic coffee stirrer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, apparently it was wooden. Oh, so there you go. um, And he said, okay, what do you think would drive you the most nuts about being in an airport terminal? 100% would be the announcements. Yes, that's exactly right. 100%. I, I, so, oh God, when's this? This goes back 10 years, actually. 10 years, almost to the month. No, actually, no. But 10 years, (laughs) more or less. Um, And I... 10 years to the exact day. The exact day. (laughs) Believe it or not, Voyagers, (laughs) 10 years to the exact day. I was in Vancouver. I'd spent a few months there, blew through some cash, realized I got to get somewhere cheaper. Book went into a travel agent. This was back before I was an independent traveler looking at Skyscanner and looking at all those things and finding all the cheap flights. Went to a a, uh, travel agent, got a flight. Booked a flight down to Costa Rica one way. Thought, got to get, actually, no, sorry. Vancouver to LA, LA to, to Costa Rica. Got to get out of here. So I get on the flight. I go to LAX, spend a couple of days there. 
goes to Costa Rica via Denver Airport. I show up to Denver, I go to board my flight, I'm about half an hour before it's leaving, I just make it in time, and they tell me I cannot get on the flight because I do only have a return ticket. Uh, sorry, I've only got a one-way ticket, so I can't get on the flight. So I'm stuck in departures, at least, as a benefit. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I was only stuck there for 24 hours until the next day, and I could book a refundable flight and get myself there, but I was stuck in Denver Airport for 24 hours. I had to sleep there, and I'll tell you, the thing that drove me crazy was the announcements. Yeah. Every two seconds, don't leave your bags unattended. Especially in the United States. Oh, my. Honestly, I actually thought that there was going to be a terrorist attack. We are at code level orange. Yeah, and this is 2009, so this is this is a little bit close. Oh, no, this is early 2010. So it's a little bit closer to that. And so it was just full on. I was like, oh, I'm, I actually thought I was going to go mad. So if I had to do that for seven months or like 18 years... And didn't you say there? Some lady asked you asked to watch her bag. Yeah, some guy asked me. Like, so I, I'm like 20 hours into this stint in Denver Airport, sleeping on the stairs. I kept getting moved. I, I felt like I was homeless. I'm dragging this bag behind me. I keep getting moved by security. 20 hours in, I'm just listening to every like two minutes. Don't leave a bag unattended. Do not look after a bag for somebody if they're asked. And then this like 90 year old woman comes in, and, and I'm sitting there, and she asked me to watch her bag for two seconds while she goes outside for a cigarette. And I just look her in the eyes and just go, no. <laughs> Sorry, lady. <laughs> Sorry, lady. You don't know what the face of terror looks like. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's true. I was always the people you'd least expect. Seriously. So anyway, but here I am complaining about 24 hours in Denver airport and uh, poor Hassan's got seven months. Well, 24 hours is a long time to be in an airport. But he does say like, you know, people complain about uh, their flight being delayed by an hour or two hours or something. And he's like, seriously, like. I mean, it still is very annoying. It's annoying, but it's, it's annoying. not seven months annoying. Hey, airplanes, get it together. Yeah, airport. You know what you're doing. You know what you've been doing. You've been doing it for a while now. Don't be late. Seriously. Just work it out. I know you can go faster. Planes can go faster than they do. That's true. They it's can. all about being tight asses with fuel. That's so true. Hmm. Well, pay more if you want. Nah. Um, so, yeah. So, he says that the... the constant announcements on the speaker was driving him nuts and i was listening to some of his videos and you can hear in the background it's like boom 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 like did oh. like da, 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 this fight da, 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 da. this annoys me just thinking about it, it i even on the video i was like Ugh. so can you imagine that all day long you would just be like Ugh. would you just become accustomed to it or would you or would it just would it be like that slow water torture you know where the drip just drips on you i feel like You'd hear it and you'd like, you'd like cringe. cringe. And, totally. Um, well, yeah, he seems earplugs. like he goes a little bit nuts at some point. <laughs> like he's got this one photo where he's found this decoration that's like a little red horse and he puts a, a little string on it and pretends like he's walking. And he's like, this is my pet now. So he's kind of like Tom Hanks. He's kind of like Castaway with Wilson. Yeah. He's because... really creative and very, he seems really sweet. Uh, I want to find out what happened to this dude. Okay. Okay. Um, so what happens is, so he is stuck in the airport from March 7th, 2019. Um, my dad's birthday. And uh-huh. also the same day that that little kid went to Bali. Whoa! Or was that March? Oh no, March. Coincidence 8th. or conspiracy? No, sorry. He went to Bali on March eighth, which March eighth, which oh, I is said 2019. I meant 2018. Okay. Well, he went to Bali March eighth, which is my mum's birthday. Mm. Conspiracy. It's all lining up. Um, March. So it was March seventh, two thousand eighteen, to October first. Wait, is that right? 
that's a long stint. That doesn't. I I think it was actually November that he was in there till. I don't know why I said October first, um, because in October he is arrested that's and detained months. in the airport um, by the airport police or something. Whoever what controls are they gonna do? it, take him um, from one prison to the next. They said he was in a uh, restricted area of the airport. I don't know if that's true. They were just trying to get rid of him or what. Because over the time, he's making these videos and he starts getting press. People are interviewing him. Um, he's getting a lot of attention. I guess people could probably fly to the airport to meet him. Yeah, apparently people... Yeah, I don't know if they flew there to meet him, but apparently people did well, meet him and they the said... Media. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he did a lot of video interviews. Um, so anyway, in October, he's arrested and detained in the airport. Um, he, they threatened to deport him to Syria. Um, but he knows that if he gets deported to Syria, he's going to be imprisoned or most likely killed. Um, and he, so the press, that airport's not looking too bad now. Yeah. Well, I mean, compared to Syria and this, you know, but he's wanted basically in Syria. So, um, a group in Canada starts, uh, petitioning him on petitioning on his behalf uh to have him flown to canada and specifically there's a woman named Lori cooper from whistler and she's petitioning the canadian government she crowdfunded crowdfunded <laughs> she crowdfunded she crowdfunded she crowdfunded <laughs> she crowdfunded over thirteen thousand dollars to privately sponsor hassan for resettlement in canada Um, So this woman is a dope badass. She is awesome. You go, girl. She is a mother of two, and she basically says, like, her compassion is coming from being a mother. Like, what if one of her kids was in this situation? Um, Like, he he hasn't seen his family for over 10 years. Damn, Really sad. His father passed away while he was living in the UAE. His brother got married while he was in the airport. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, like, he makes light of the situation, but obviously it's really sad. He's a Syrian refugee stuck in this airport. Um, and so normally it can take up to 26 months in Malaysia for resettlement. But the Canadian officials were able to expedite the process because they were worried about his safety. Um, and on November 26th, he arrived in Canada. Woo! Oh, Canada. <laughs> um, so he now lives in Canada with Lori. Lori he Cooper. He lives with Lori. Yeah. And she's helped more than 30 refugees resettle in Canada. She is super awesome. Um, and he lives in Canada now. He's doing speaking about human rights. Um, and he's doing a lot of interviews. He said it kind of feels like he's still at the airport because he's doing so many interviews. And he hasn't been able to go out into the snow very much. Um, but I'm sure it's a lot better food in Canada. Got that poutine. Got that poutine life going on. Yes. Got that poutine and poutine. Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah. So um, that's basically the very inspiring story of Hassan Al Kantar. Okay. Well, that is a that's a good story. That's a good story, right? Yeah. I never even heard of it. Had you heard of that? No, never. I bet you. That, I wonder how many stories there are around the world of people being stuck in airports. Like I'm sure a lot. We should definitely look into that Tom Hanks terminal one though. Yes. For another episode. I know. So interesting. And if you know a story, if you know a story about, or if you've ever been stuck in an airport for longer than, you know, come on, two hours or three hours, you know, what happened? Tell mm. us, don't forget to send in your stories to hashtag not so bon voyage on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at, at not so bon voyage. 
Uh, but tell us your stories. We'd love to include them in our next podcast or maybe the one after. Who knows? Yeah. Whenever you get them to us. Yeah. You just keep just send them in. Just feel free to send them in. Follow us, send them in, subscribe to the podcast. You know, you know what you gotta do. Yes, please. Yes, please. Well So there we go. There we go. That feels like it's episode one. That is episode one. That is. That's why that it feels that way. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much gonna be the format of the show until we change things out. We've got some we've got some fun ideas that we, but we've got to get started somewhere. We we've got some fun ideas over the next couple of months. Um, some really fun stories that we can't wait to tell you on the podcast and some little segments that we're going to bring in once we start to get a little bit more user feedback. But we are basically going to be telling you and bringing you some of the more obscure, the unique, the weird, the wacky, the famous, the folklore. We're going to be investigating those stories and finding out exactly what happened on the road and where people fucked up. Um, And my only little follow-up that story, I told you I had a a tiny follow-up story also about the KL airport. Are you being sponsored by a rival <laughs> airport? Yes. Is there a, is there an airport like yeah, there, yes. Singapore? Yes. So this is hashtag sponsored by Singapore, Singapore, Air- airport. Singapore airport or perhaps Denver. Oh no, we kind of <laughs> ragged on Denver. Yeah. That's going to be their um, flight to Singapore where you won't be detained. <laughs> yeah. That's their slogan. This episode <laughs> is brought to you by Singapore airport. <laughs> Don't get detained. Instead, go see their electric garden. Which looks awesome. I really want to go there. Okay. We're going to have to hit them up for some sponsorship. Yeah. Call us. Um, so this last one is about the KL Airport. This is very recent from June 26. Good or bad? Um, funny. Funny. Four Indian men were, were arrested um, when they the officials of the airport seized more than 14 kilograms of drugs and over 5,000 turtles in their luggage. 5,000 turtles. They had turtles. over 5,000 tiny turtles oh, in their luggage. That sucks. Um, they're still alive. Oh. And they're meant to be sold as pets in India. Um, but a lot of people say like, oh, well, the turtles were obviously a distraction from the, the drugs. drugs. Oh, that's yeah. actually pretty smart. Yeah. So they had 14 it's grams like, oh, of, no. meth, of meth. Grams, kilograms. Um, Kilograms, sorry. Yeah, that's Kilograms. That, that's actually not a bad idea. It's like, oh, no. Oh, what? We weren't allowed to bring 5,000 turtles into the airport? What? Whoops. Sorry. sorry. Don't worry about the other bag. There's nothing there. Uh, well, yeah, it kind of makes sense because the meth is worth 174 grand and the turtles were only worth $12,000. So, so it's like a know. constellation prize. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you want a cool picture, these turtles are freaking adorable they look teeny tiny like the size of a penny do you want to know something sad i actually just heard this today it was about tiny turtles it's oh, that one only one in a thousand survives <gasps> i'll have to ch- I'll, i'm gonna fact that check is that so sad i'm gonna have to fact check that um but to do with like by the time like they hatch i'm sure if they hatch on a beach and then they make their way so they've they've got a really uh bad voyage yeah they're, they're not so Turtles. they're not so safe voyage yeah. Um, so yeah, I think by the time they hatch on the beach and they get picked off by birds and crabs and then they go to the ocean and get eaten by other fish and sharks and whatever, mm. have a really poor survival rate. But Well, at least it's from nature. Yeah, yeah. It's like the penguins. Yeah, but we love turtles. Turtles are We one love of, turtles. So favorite. if you... If you... I, li- I love turtles. I, li- I like turtles. I like turtles. <laughs> that's a gr- another great video. That's a great video. But if you want to see something cute, Google this about... Um, 5,255 5, tiny turtles at Kuala Lumpur Airport, and they are very cute. And what happened to the guys? Um, they... Uh, Did you get executed in, in Malaysia for drugs? The ones with the turtles 
are expected to be charged and could face up to five years in jail on a fine. Mm. The ones that are the drug mules could be facing the death penalty. They don't fuck around. No, they do not. Not in Malaysia. They do not mess around. I yeah. mean, a lot of those countries really don't. Malaysia, Indonesia. Ooh, I mean, Leave your drugs at home, people. Yeah. And your turtles. And your turtles. They don't want to fly with you. No. We'll actually probably have some really great stories coming out of there. I mean, there's some crazy stories like the Bangkok Hilton and Hotel K, Hotel Karabakan. Oh, yeah. You know, in Bali. Uh, Drug-related yeah. travel stories. And I think just some mishaps as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So wow. I feel like uh, Kuala Lumpur Airport really got a thrashing during this. Um, we Sorry, can, guys. We can assure you that this is definitely not going to be the theme of the podcast. This is not a – we do not work for Singapore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, we, we could, but we don't. I mean, we could. We don't. And, uh, and you know, a lot of airport-based stories. But it's not just going to be about that. It's going to be a lot of crazy mishaps that happen on the road. You know, we'll throw in some of our anecdotes because mm-hmm. we've had some funny things go wrong along the way oh yeah oh yeah but that's it we want to thank you guys for joining the not so bon voyage podcast we are your hosts jules and christine thank you so much don't forget to rate don't forget to subscribe to subscribe to tell your friends because we're just getting started yeah share and give us a review if you liked it and if you didn't don't review can you hear that jk do whatever you want that's the train rolling we're building momentum And this train is probably going to be like a lot of our stories. There's going to be a lot of hiccups. And there's going to be some things along the way where this podcast doesn't go right. So bear with us. Um, But we're going to to keep it going. So on that note, be safe on the road. And if you're not safe, make sure you tell us what happened. Love you, bitches. Love you. Bye. Bye.